0: 5G has many applications, but one potentially big one we may see sooner rather than later is in gaming. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Ian Sher, CNET editor at large. Welcome, Ian. Hi. So we've talked a lot about 5G, I mean a lot, but a lot of the conversation is around speed or we've talked about its medical applications, we've talked about it as a self-driving car platform, uh, but we didn't talk about one purpose or one application that I think has you know some real media benefits uh, potentially, and that's gaming and the so fun I'm, one. The fun one, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to have you on because you're the fun editor. Um, I'm Mister
1: Fun. Yes. You're Mister
0: Fun, but no, you are also one of our, our our gaming experts. So I really wanted to talk to you about you know what 5G can do about gaming. You've got a great story out today. Uh, you know it talks not not only about you know cloud gaming services but virtual reality experiences as well. You know, in, in the course of your reporting, if you could break down some of your story, like what what is it about five uh, G that excites you most in terms of its impact on gaming?
1: Yeah, I think what's really interesting. I've been covering the game industry for a long time, and there were these companies that popped up in 2010 that I was really fascinated by. They were called OnLive and Gaikai, and these two companies were cloud gaming ideas, and this this is, was crazy back in the time. But the idea would be that you'd have a server somewhere over there, and it would have high-end equipment. And you would rent time to play games on it and it would have the best stuff out there. So you would get a really good experience. And then just like Netflix, it would stream that gameplay to your home and it would be able to take the button presses and everything go back and forth fast enough that most people would not be able to notice the difference. And it was actually it kind of worked. There were a couple problems. I had a really bad internet connection in San Francisco, as do most people, so I never got to really enjoy it. And there was also a lot of issues around making sure the stuff was reliable, making sure that we could get the games to work. There was a lot of licensing involved. A lot of companies didn't want to deal with this. So now fast forward 10 years. Everyone wants a piece of it. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why. You've got much faster internet connections now, right? 5G is promising us up to a gigabit, right? And that means you're going to be able to have super high-end video go way fast. It has lower latency, which is the time it takes for my button press to go to the server and back in all this conversation that's happening in between. And that is much better. And the pricing for making all these devices has gotten a lot cheaper. So now we have Sony, Microsoft, Google, uh, Amazon in the future, all these people who are creating cloud gaming services, NVIDIA. So it's really interesting to see this happen, and it almost feels like we're on the cusp of getting rid of our consoles altogether, uh, which everyone (laughs) dreams of because no one wants a honking you know, box in their home. But you might actually get there.
0: I absolutely would love to get rid of the console. It just collects dust underneath my my living room uh, cabinet. And it's just, yeah, like we can go completely cloud-based. I would be all for it. Uh, you talked about some of the major players like Microsoft and Google. Uh, talk a little bit about what they're doing right now. We, we can talk about how 5G kind of leans into that or how it, it bolsters their efforts. But, but talk about what these services are now what what exactly is available to gamers today
1: yeah so google is offering stadia which is perhaps the most unliked on the internet um they offer you free to use the service you can pay for higher end quality content so supposedly you get much better looking content if you pay them every month but you buy this the the games through google And then you get access to this stuff uh, through their Stadia, is what it's called, streaming service for free. Pretty nifty. Uh, You've got uh, Sony, which has up to 800 or more now games on their PlayStation Now service, which is actually, they bought Gaikai a long time ago, uh, the competitor to OnLive. And then they bought OnLive when it went bankrupt. And now they kind of run the whole thing. And it's a pretty, you know, people like the service. It's very competitive price ways. It's $9.99 a month. That's pretty much where everyone is at the moment. And then you have GeForce now from NVIDIA, which has become more popular. It's actually kind of the winner on the Internet in terms of fans. And part of the reason is that they're working with Steam, which is a very popular gaming purchasing service. They're working with Epic, which is a less popular gaming purchasing service. And you're able to actually play the games you own through them through NVIDIA's service. That's pretty cool. So there's a lot of that stuff going on, but a lot of them tell me that they are hampered by internet connection problems right now, right? Most of us still have pretty bad internet. I'm lucky I moved to Maryland where Fios exists and suddenly I have a gigabit and it's amazing, but most people don't get that. And also... They say that they are still trying to kind of work out a lot of the bugs for the technical stuff. So as a result, Microsoft, for example, has xCloud, which is part of their Xbox. It's going to come out in September. And what they're doing with that is they said right now they're in the research phase. And they found most people are playing it through Wi-Fi. They're not playing it on 4G. And they think it's because... The connection's not good enough. Totally makes sense. So they're expecting that 5G is going to kind of give it a little bit of a, a tweak and go forward and, and really help them with this argument. And they said, look, a lot of people who play on xCloud are playing it right now through uh, their phones. And the thing that stops them from continuing to play is when they get home and they get in front of their big screen TV and they want to play on that. So I, I'm really curious to see how this all plays out. You know, the, it feels like we're on the cusp again of this big change, but um, we'll we'll have to see, right? 5G has to actually uh, deliver as it's
0: promised. For sure. And there are definitely, it's still taking time for these carriers to roll out the service and really roll out a version of 5G that's fast enough. I mean, you talk about the lack of broadband at home. I think that's still a big hindrance. You also mentioned the the idea that you can play some of these games on your phone, which really a few years ago that that kind of would have been unheard of. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the the idea of playing a high end game
1: on your phone at all is nuts. And it's really something that it feels like the future, but they have to figure other things out, too. Like, I don't want to carry a controller everywhere I go. And and the the screen controls with my fingers are really terrible. So they've got a lot to work on.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I can imagine some sort of like a switch like setup right where you've got sort of a dock and controllers uh but still that's not exactly mobile gaming but you're right i think it does feel like the future when you can play something like halo on your phone and like immediately i guess go home and switch to your tv in a seamless kind of way how i mean how far are we from that that reality and like how does 5g kind of play into that well, if you listen to Verizon and ATT,
1: it's coming real fast. But, um, I, you know, 5G is going to actually make this all possible. There's a lot of stuff that's happening right now that it kind of works on 4G, but it really isn't reliable. It's really glitchy. It just doesn't work very well and supposedly 5g again if all of these promises play out will be able to deliver the bandwidth and the speed and the latency necessary to make this possible it's still up to google and everyone else to actually make it work for example google is having troubles even on high end broad- broadband right now but it's one of those things that it's going to be kind of interesting to see whether or not the there's really uptick once 5g shows up
0: yeah, and you, you've actually talked to at and and Verizon about some of their gaming ambitions. Like what, what exactly are they talking about? I know they tend to get relatively geeky when it comes to like, the potential of 5G, and even something as fun as gaming, I'm sure they'll find a way to make it super wonky and technical. But I'm curious from their perspective, what they're seeing and what their, their hopes are uh, in, in the role that 5G plays in gaming.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, Verizon in particular was really interested in the conversation was that they said that they want to really help these these games actually offload some of the work that your processor has to do and put it into the cloud. And this is something AT&T and Verizon have been talking about for a little while now, the idea of having these smart server things that are closer to your home that are able to basically work with your computer, offload some of the work, And it's something even Microsoft have been talking about this as far as like 2013, but no one's ever implemented it. And if this works out, cool, great, I'm happy. Uh, But they see a lot of that potential. They say that they're working with a lot of these different companies to optimize and to make sure it works and that it's reliable. You know, one of the problems AT&T, Verizon have historically is that they kind of just look like dumb pipes, right? Like they provide me the internet connection. Thank you. Goodbye. And they want to be more than that. So a great example with Verizon is that they have a lab where they're working on VR stuff, right? Talk about far future gaming. And one of the things that they're doing is that they're actually, uh, they were talking to me about volumetric video, which is a really nifty idea. The idea that, you know, let's say that you're watching a uh, basketball game in VR, right? So you're in VR, you've got the headset on, you can look anywhere you want, you can look behind you, see the fans, look up, you've got the, the ceiling, you've got the scoreboard, you look at the game, you can move around. But one of the things is that if you move your body forward or backward or to the left or the right, nothing happens. Right. You're still you're just kind of stuck where the camera is. And with volumetric VR, it actually takes a ton of cameras, collects all that information. And you can be anywhere. You can move forward. You can move back. You can walk into the middle of the field. You can be the football, whatever you want. And that's pretty nifty stuff. Uh, and, but they estimate right now with all of the optimizing they've been doing, they've been working on this for three years, they said. It's still down to almost a, a, a gigabit that they need just to make it work to move that kind of information. That's the top end of what 5G can do. So the real question they have to answer, right, is that, okay, really cool new technology in the future. Amen. Can you make it work on 5G? And they, they're they still figuring that out. They have faith they will, obviously, but we'll see.
0: I mean, that sounds awesome that you what you're describing is essentially the hall deck.
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially it is, right? Except you can't touch it. But I, I, love, I love that idea and You know, there's I'm one of the things I think that we talk about every once in a while is what the future of entertainment is. Right. And that's where VR really has an opportunity. You know, I wrote a story a few years ago with Shara Tibkin uh, from CNET about how uh, watching movies in VR was actually one of the most popular things people did. And it. Part of the reason is because when you put on a VR headset, the screen so close to your eyes, you, you're you tricked into thinking you're in the VR world, you can create an 80 inch screen and you can watch like an IMAX movie in your home. That's so cool. So I'm not surprised that this is happening, but the the necessary technological leaps we have to go through to get there seem almost insurmountable in 5G. I'm really curious to see if they'll be able to pull it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen lab tests showing speeds beyond one gig uh but whether or not that actually happens in the real world that's a whole nother thing um uh, when well, we got a couple of those when
1: Sina did tests in Chicago I think we got up to a gig no no not, not Chicago no one else was on the it, service it was in Chicago
0: i think chicago <laughs> the the most impressive one we had which was well over a gig was down in uh in LA in Burbank actually ah. Uh, our colleague Patrick Collin went to a at t event and surprise, surprise. It was only able to be, you could only get it in the Warner brothers studio lot. And it was a fairly limited range, but like the speeds were up there. And so if they can figure out a way to get and direct some of that spectrum and, and give you that full pipe. It's possible. It's going to take a while, but that that's possible. It
1: will. But you know, this is about the future and the promise of what it could be. And, uh, that's kind of fun stuff, I think.
0: For sure. I mean, look, if there's a virtual hall deck down the line, I'm I'm all for that. Um, if, we can, if we can just get that going, that'd be nice. All right. Thanks, Ian, for your time. If you have any questions about 5G or the gaming world, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out Ian's story on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.